What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. The following production is part of the We Be Geeks podcast collective. out of your pockets, Neverlanders, and sprinkle some of that pixie dust around, think that happiest thought, and fly away to Neverland! Yay! Hopefully you can still fly if you're still really full of turkey, or whatever it is you decided to eat last Thursday. I hope you're not so overstuffed that you weren't able to fly. Uh, maybe you just need a little bit of extra happy thought, something like that, I don't know, but uh, you, you gotta make the flight, you gotta get here, because we're gonna have some more fun. Uh, and golly, you know, fellas, I, I swear... I know it's been a week, but I, I, it's like I was just talking to you like two minutes ago. We have Lost Boy Philip and Lost Boy Eric back again. Hello! Hello! How do you? And yeah, I swear, it, this week just flew right by, didn't it? My goodness. Yeah, and yes. can you believe what happened on The Mandalorian? Oh my goodness, wasn't that something? <laughs> well, you know, I do want to point out, it was directed by Dave Filoni. He wrote the story for it, and you know, it's one of the longest episodes we've had this season. So, you know, we had to have been expecting that. Yeah, we. To- I was completely shocked, though, but I was expecting it. I was expecting to be shocked, but I was shocked more than I was expecting. Hey, all I can say is, this is the way. <laughs> this is the way. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and the- Dave Filoni apparently has said, I have spoken, so... <laughs> Uh, we are the three biggest baloney artists you're going to hear in a podcast this week. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll just see who all listened to last week's episode to know why we're uh, we're being stupid and funny. So, <laughs> but uh, we actually have a lot of fun stuff to talk about this week. There's a lot of things we didn't get to last week that I want to jump into. So it's sort of old trailers, but also... Eric is going to share. He got to ride Mickey's Runaway Railway. He got to make a lightsaber. So he's got some stories to share. We're going to have some audio of it. So we're going to have some great Disney fun. We hope you enjoyed your turkey day. But now as we get into the Christmas season, it's time to have even more fun. Yay.
spanning the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. Alright, so the first big thing that uh, that I actually want to bring up that I thought was kind of fun is we the, the game has actually dropped already, but I saw the trailer like on the same day that the game was being released. Uh, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. Now, we were, I recall Nintendo had their conference. I want to say I'm not sure that it was... I don't think I'd moved into this house yet. But I remember them showing like a, a sequel to Breath of the Wild that had yeah. Zelda seemed to be playable. And what it mm-hmm. appears to be is this Age of Calamity, it looks more like a prequel with Zelda and Link and some of the other warriors that are supposed to be part of Breath of the Wild that were having the big uh, guardian machines that were supposed to uh, save the world and failed. Well, almost, kind of, sort of. Breath of the Wild 2 is, to my knowledge, still in production ah. and has yet to be released. So uh, this new... Hyrule Warriors game, Age of Calamity, is something that takes place you know, at that time when they're getting ready to utilize the Divine Beast, when they found the Guardians and they're ready to activate them. And we find out just how Hyrule fell, Ooh. leading to the events of Breath of the Wild. So uh, I don't think that we're yet uh, looking at the sequel. Uh, there's been very little information released about that, yeah. um, but I don't think that the sequel is directly related to this new game. I still need to finish Breath of the Wild. I, I keep getting sidetracked because you know, with Breath of the Wild is very, very different in that you don't have story beats that you're constantly hitting like a normal Zelda game as it's developed. It's more back like towards the original Zelda where you have some story. Now you're just going to wander and find stuff, except for it's a much bigger, expansive world. And I must say, I get a little tired of having to put my weapons back together when they keep breaking. And having to find new weapons. So I didn't quite finish. Plus, like, you know, I really got sidetracked. Everybody knows Final Fantasy VII Remake. I kind of got obsessed with that one and played the dickens out of that thing. And I have so many other games to play that eventually... I'm going to finish Breath of the Wild. I am determined. And I, I did pick it up um, about a month ago and played around a little bit. I, I forgot what I was trying to do. But uh, I know I've wandered into another one of the shrines. And I got stuck in a shrine again. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to come back to this. So I'm in a shrine right now. But Eric, you finished it, and you're actually just collecting up side quests now? Yeah, yeah. Um, in fact, I, I've really got, oh, well, maybe three side quests, and they're not all official side quests. Um, the, the one official side quest that I have yet to complete is part of the DLC content called The Trial of the Sword, uh, where you do pick up the Master Sword at one point in the game, uh, but it's lost its power. It breaks. It's not quite as um, uh, powerful as it has been in other uh, Zelda games. Well, what Trial of the Sword does, it, it doesn't take away the fact that the sword loses its power over a specific amount of time, um, but it allows you to add power to it so that as you're attacking, your hits will have much more, or a much higher hit count. But in order to do this, you've basically got to get into a part of the game where all of your weapons are taken away from you, all of your armor... Uh, you basically start off with just yourself and any of the shrine skills that you've picked up, mm-hmm. like Magnesis or uh, the being able to stop time um, and creating bombs. You can you have those powers with you. That's good. But uh, you basically start from nothing and you go uh, 
level by level to try and get power back for the Master Sword. And if you get killed, you go all the way back to the beginning. Oh, it's kind of like a... Let's see. I think Twilight Princess had a level like this, and I think even um, Ocarina of Time had a little area like that, where you could, it's like a trial that you can keep going. And the further you go, the more little rewards you get, but you fail and you're out and you got to start over. Exactly. You know, Ooh. there there is, there is an island on... Uh, you know, as part of the regular quest within the game that does that. But, you know, once you can open up the shrine on that island, it's done and over with. Hmm. This, again, you take one hit and you got to start right from the back. And oh, there's wow. at least, uh, I think, something like 30 to 50 different levels that you have to go through. Ooh. But it's fun. But like I said, that's one of the main things. There's other little quests that aren't official quests, like finding treasures and collecting Korok seeds i'm using air quotes with that <laughs> right yes for anyone that knows you know what we're talking about but, please, uh, please tell uh, me that they they use a, the quotes from the cartoon uh, in throughout this you know throughout every single level well excuse me <laughs> this yeah well excuse me korok but that doesn't look like a seed no it doesn't but yeah. uh, aside aside from those items um i uh, completed every side quest, completed every shrine quest, completed every major quest. Of course, you can defeat Ganon, but uh, it takes you back to a point in the game before that, uh, so that you can keep playing the game. So it never actually officially says that you've destroyed uh, uh, Ganon. But uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I played most of the game back when quarantine began, um, as I had just put it to the side and... Well, I had the joystick drift issue, and I finally got a professional controller to uh, play it without worrying about joystick drift. Um, and uh, I, I played through most of the game, but I thought a couple weeks ago, you know, I'll go back through here and let me try and finish up the rest of these quests that uh, have just been sitting since I, you know, I've already completed everything. I'll come back to it as soon as my wife's done playing with Stardew Valley, which could never happen because <laughs> she's she's just run off of the Switch pretty much. <laughs> well, my my daughter took off with mine when Animal Crossing came out. Yeah, so. I still get it. I got to get that one. That one looks like a lot of fun. It is, but uh, I've still got several other games that I'm, I'm waiting to play. Um, I, I'm waiting to get permission to uh, get Spider-Man Miles Morales. Um, mm. I uh, I've got the Incredibles Lego game to to go through. I, I just Ooh, finished yeah. the uh, uh, Lego Super. Uh, Lego Marvel Super Heroes 2 game last month, which was a lot of fun. I never finished that first one. I got I got distracted. There was some other big yep. game, I think, that came out and that pulled me away from it, and so I never finished. But it's, that first yep. one's fun. Yeah, in fact, I, I, I actually got found a really cheap digital version because uh, PlayStation does these sales. Mm -hmm. uh, about every two months, it comes out for like $5. And so I got <laughs> it this last time it was around. So I'm looking forward to playing that. I, I also played through the Avenger, Lego Avengers game, which was also a lot of fun. Um, those those Lego games, they're, they're just fun. They're mindless. It, it's good to get away. And you, know, you don't have to worry about any adult themes in them, I guess yeah, one could say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Philip and I have actually been having fun playing the... Uh, there's a G.I. Joe we've, we've talked about before on the show. And then the Cobra Kai game uh, by what, Digital Mill. What is the name of that company? Uh, General Mills. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> Green, Green Mill. Green, yeah. 
which we definitely recommend. Those have been a lot of just mindless fun as well. Very light, oh, light type of games. But here at home, I'm still, you know, I because it was October, I had to go play some Resident Evil. So uh, I, I didn't, I got some achievements on the PlayStation for Resident Evil 4. Even though I've played Resident Evil 4 so many times on the GameCube, I got to play the HD version on the PS4 this year. Uh, and, but now I've switched back to playing Horizon Zero Dawn. I am determined to finish that one. I finally hit where the story picks up. And so now I'm very invested in that game. Uh, I gotta say, it, it does remind me a little of Breath of the Wild. Except for my weapons are not breaking, but you can upgrade <laughs> your weapons. And, you, can, and you, you have bags that you can upgrade so you can carry more weapons or more different types of armor. Based upon, you know, for situations like if you're in a cold area, there's stuff for maybe for cold. There's things that help your stealth be better. I mean, there's so many different items you can pick up and you can harvest things. It's somewhere between Breath of the Wild and The Witcher 3 so far, the way this thing plays, with a lot of stealth thrown in. Because uh, everything is more powerful than you are, basically. So <laughs> you want to use a good stealth thing to take down these machines. And it is some brilliant sci-fi. Because uh, this you don't even know how exactly how far into the future this is after the machines have wiped out a lot of humanity. And humanity has been reset and is more tribal. But it's fun when you come across the ruins of buildings or the ruins of parking meters or the ruins of cars that are like so rusted they've become artifacts. Uh, it has just really been an amazing... The environment and stuff was amazing. And I was I was enjoying it before, but I wasn't really getting into it. Uh, and I, so I was easily getting distracted to play other games. But now I've hit the story mode, really, after you have this thing called the proving that happens. And something happens there that now I'm very invested in the in this story. And I'm having a great time. It'll be a while before I finish with that one. But after that, I've got three Far Cry games that I own that I've never gotten to play with. I've got <laughs> one Just Cause game. So I'm going to be playing some violent first-person games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I even I even found a definitive edition of of the remake of Tomb Raider, and I thought, well, let me try it out because I did play the old Tomb Raider games, and the control was very frustrating on those. And I thought, well, I'm not really a big Lara Croft fan, but maybe this will make me into one. Who knows? So I'm going to try that. So I got a lot of games on the PS4, and then by the time I'm done with all these, maybe the PS5 will be somewhere affordable for me, and that's when I'm <laughs> going to get the Miles Morales game because I want to play it on the PS5. Yeah, okay. and maybe maybe they might even have some uh, actual. PS5s available. Right. <laughs> right. I'm on getting one this spring. I'm planning on saving up to get one. I'm thinking about getting Mortal Kombat this because I want to play as Rambo. <laughs> yeah. uh, I actually dreamed, I had it, or dreamt, however you want to say it, I dreamt the other night of have, that there was a First Blood game. <laughs> That's my fault. My fault. I was looking up First Blood stuff and uh, I dreamt that there was a First Blood game where you played as both Brian Dennehy's character chasing him down. <laughs> and then I dreamt that he was, of course, Rambo, John J. Rambo. Yeah. And you were hunting down the men. And I, I I woke up thinking, crud, I wish that was real. I would love to play that game. <laughs> it's not over yet, Philip. Nothing is over. Nothing. Okay. Hey, I learned something about First Blood this week, though. Um, if, if you look in Brian Dennehy's office, he's got three medals framed in the background. He had served, his character had served honorably in the Korean War. Hmm. And that leads to some of his issues with John Rambo. Yeah, because of Vietnam. And he, right. he had, and I, I only knew that because I, I was watching a special in which, in the book, that that was mentioned. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well. Yeah. In the book, he died. Uh, talking about John right, Rambo. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they filmed that. I'm glad they didn't go with that, though, because, boy, we would have missed out on... Now, I'm not talking about the movies. 
we would have missed out on the really awesome uh, Rambo thing that not everybody talks about, which is the cartoon. <laughs> the Force of Freedom. <laughs> well, I, I'm sure that Sylvester Stallone was happy they didn't do the death scene. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> Take all the money you would have missed out on. Yeah. Let's just be honest. The 80s wouldn't have been the 80s that we know of if it hadn't been for the movie Rambo First Blood Part 2. Right. Helen, we would have also missed out on a great scene in UHF. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't seen that movie in forever. Oh, goodness. Okay, well, moving off of R-rated movies, because we know that's what this podcast is about, is R-rated movies, uh, which is why I'm not going to mention, by the way, Lethal Weapon 5 was confirmed, but yes, so I'll just throw that out there. Lethal uh, Weapon 4 was PG-13. Was it? Really? Yeah. Wow. I got got all the movies. I can't wait for a fifth one. I've been waiting for a long time. Yeah. I was meaning to glance on this and keep going, so we're not talking rated films on our (laughs) family-friendly podcast. So, <laughs> but I want to go through that. Okay, the uh, there is a new Pink Panther movie coming out with from the director of Sonic the Hedgehog and the co-writer of Bad Boys for Life writing the script. They're, they're, right now they're doing this for MGM. This is Jeff Fowler, the director of Sonic the Hedgehog, and Chris Bremer, who co-wrote Bad Boys for Life. Now, I didn't see Bad Boys for Life, but I did see Sonic the Hedgehog, and I really did love the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. But uh, this appears to be some sort of a reboot. Now, I don't know if they're going to try to, like, you know, because I saw the Steve Martin ones. And they were okay, the Steve Martin Pink Panther. I've never seen the original films, but I don't know if oh. they want to do, like, some some continuing adventures of Inspector Clouseau or if they're going to go back and try to re- reboot the whole thing all together. Well, one thing I have heard about this reboot, and maybe I mis- misread what I had seen, but considering who they have as a director, it looked to me like they were doing a movie with a CG Pink Panther. That would actually be fun. I was, it was funny, as I didn't know you were going to say that, but I was actually thinking to myself, you really cannot beat uh, the original you know, Peter Sellers. Mm-hmm. And this is nothing against all the men who filled those shoes, because a lot of men did. And a couple of them did a pretty good job. But that being said, I kept thinking to myself, they really ought to try to put the character Pink Panther at some point in there. Not that I would, I would love it if they did try to get Clouseau, uh, the character Clouseau, in there, because be, he was also in the cartoon. And uh, if they got Clouseau in the car, in the the with the cartoon character, that'd be interesting. But... You know, that we've already done the Pink Panther movies. You know, maybe that's something new. So this is a good idea, I think, if yeah. they do it right. Well, here's what I, I just found this now on The Hollywood Reporter. It's, they say sources tell The Hollywood Reporter that while plot details are being kept in a vault, the story will focus on a smooth operating inspector who, thanks to a traumatic event, now has a Pink Panther for an imaginary friend. Uh-huh. And the latter, who doesn't speak, does help solve the case. Ah. Uh. So it will be That's similar to the Sonic the Hedgehog movie in that way, I guess. <laughs> Except for the Pink Panther will not speak. <laughs> yes, and Detective Pikachu. Big time Detective Pikachu, which I did enjoy that movie as well. Which I've heard something that they, they are thinking about maybe doing a sequel to Detective Pikachu, but I don't know how they make that work. If you Detective saw the movie. Psyduck? Mmm. Psy-yi-yi. You know who'd be an interesting Clouseau if Dude. they did it? That uh, oh, uh, Ro- oh, uh, can't think of his name right now. Rowan Atkinson, 
Well, he's got his own spy type movies, and they're saying that they want a smooth one, so I bet they're going to cast The Rock. No. Or Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> or Ryan Reynolds. Oh, no, 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 no. They doggone you. Well, was, this is not was... supposed to be the same Clouseau. This is supposed to be a smooth-talking Clouseau who has a traumatic accident and suddenly imagines a Pink Panther. Oh, well, that might be true. So It would be funny if he was smooth at first and then went off and became the Clouseau we yeah, know. After a traumatic accident, he becomes kind of stupid, but his brilliant brain is still wandering around and thinking himself as a Pink Panther. So, Oh, uh... Get Adrian Monk to... for this, man. That's who you get. Tony Shalhoub. <laughs> Liam Neeson. <laughs> oh, Liam Neeson would be great. I'd watch that. <laughs> that <would be> <laughs> so speaking of new games, so the company IOI, or IO Interactive, which I find it funny that very similar to Ready Player One, their their logo kind of looks like a TIE fighter, which I think is on purpose in Ready Player One. But anyways, they're the ones behind the rebooted Hitman games which are kind of like a like a spy assassin but they're now they're working on a project they're called right now it's just project 007 but it is a james bond game that is coming we don't know any more much about it but being created by io interactive i bet they'll, they'll probably focus on like the book style of james bond where he is a government assassin because those, those hitman games really do feel like a, a james bond type of movie because you have to infiltrate and disguise yourself and I suck at Hitman. <laughs> I, I well, bought it because I was like, this looks really cool, but I am terrible. Well, here's what you do. You choose Odd Job and the Golden Gun. There you go. <laughs> so hopefully James Bond will, will be as um, immersive as the Hitman games, but not be as challenging because I'm terrible. I, I, I always get myself discovered and end up getting killed and getting a big... Yeah. But James Bond has been known in films to be able to go in guns blazing and just never get shot with anything, you know. So <laughs> I wouldn't mind that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go in with a golden gun and start popping people like, that's right. Bond, James Bond, I am shaken but never stirred. That's right. <laughs> so, oh, I got to take a visit here to the trailer park real fast. So uh, let's hop over there. Okay, so now I know, yeah, these trailers were a couple of weeks ago, y'all, but that's okay. The first one I want to talk about, The Christmas Chronicles 2, starring Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. Uh, y'all did see the original Christmas Chronicles, right? Loved it. Yeah, that's the one where she fell off the boat and he found her and <laughs> took her to watch his kids. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Now, the, the funny thing with Christmas Chronicles, I remember first seeing it over at my aunt and uncle's house out in Springfield on a Christmas where I got very, very sick on Christmas. And while my wife was trying to drive me home, I had to have, have her pull over so I could uh, get sick on the side of the road. Uh, so I didn't get to watch the whole thing. My wife, however, is not that interested in watching the sequel because she was kind of annoyed that she wanted to go to sleep. And my cousins were watching this the first one. So she's like, I'm not interested in watching the sequel of that one. I didn't even want to watch the first one. Uh but if she watched it, she'd probably like it. But, I don't know, she's got a bad taste in her mouth. But anyways, the sequel, which we heard was coming, finally we got to see a trailer. And this it actually kind of reminds me a little bit of the Santa Claus series, where this is where they're going to, you know, like the first one was almost set in a bit of realism. The second one, now a lot more time at the North Pole, where we have a lot of bit of just, you know, Santa Claus kind of magic and fun going on. Uh, so I'm excited. This looks like a lot of fun. Plus, it's Kurt Russell as Santa Claus. Come on. 
The only can beat that is with Mel Gibson being Santa Claus, but that's a whole other different thing, which we can't talk about on this show. <laughs> My favorite of those Santa Claus movies was the second one for me personally. That yeah, I do love that one. Yeah, that was good. But that, but I do love Kurt Russell. I mean, like I said before, I got a whole collection of Kurt Russell films right here just set out. I, I love him. He's great. Well, he got his start in Disney. Disney? Yeah. Walt Disney yeah. actually yeah. had written his name down on a sheet of paper before he passed away uh, from what I'm here. I don't know how true this is, but it's like a legendary kind of thing that he had written his name down because he really, Walt was really good at picking people who are going to be stars, uh, including, um, wow, uh, you know, Masket- Musketeer, and she was big, and I forgot her name. Annette? Yes, Annette. Walt knew she was going to be something special, and he knew Kurt Russell was going to be something special, too. So Walt knew how to pick them. He knew when people had just the right stuff. They had the it factor. The it factor, yes. Walt was they good at picking the thing. them out. You have the thing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And he's a big rocky guy. <laughs> Come on. Oh man. no, I'm, no. The other thing. Oh, the, the hand thing from another world. There you go. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> uh, but this I'm very excited about this. This uh, will be opening. You know what? I, I believe it starts on the November 30th is when this one will be available for viewing. Uh, I, I'd have to look it up again, but I'm pretty sure that's when it was. Let me take a quick look here. Oh, I'm just hoping that this uh, you know doesn't take place with having to infiltrate New York City or right. trying to find a gray-eyed girl. Or, or escape from Los Angeles. November 25th. I hope it. I hope it is more like uh, Big Trouble in Little China, Big Trouble in Little uh, North Pole, because that's one of my favorite movies ever. <laughs> yeah. So November twenty fifth. So part of this show, y'all might happen to hear me do a review of the movie because I may have watched it by the time because yeah. we're, we're recording this a week in advance, people. Okay, if you haven't caught on. <laughs> oh, the secret's out. The secret's oh, out. So if you suddenly hear us do a review of this movie, don't be that shocked. Yeah. The second trailer, and I, I didn't know this was happening. I don't know how this escaped my notice, but there is a Tom and Jerry movie that uh, somewhere between the Bullwinkle and Rocky movie and Space Jam, uh, as Tom and Jerry exist as cartoon characters living in our world. Wow. Yeah, this uh, coming to theaters in 2021 uh, looks like a just basically the slapstick fun, but uh, here's on, uh, on YouTube, where they've put the official trailer from WD Kids, it says, One of the most beloved rivalries in history is reignited when Jerry moves into New York City's finest hotel on the eve of the wedding of the century, forcing the event's desperate planner to hire Tom to get rid of him and director Tim Story's Tom and Jerry. The ensuing cat-and-mouse battle threatens to destroy her career, the wedding, and possibly the hotel itself, but soon an even bigger problem arises, a diabolically ambitious staffer conspiring against all three of them. An eye-popping blend of classic animation and live action, Tom and Jerry's new big-screen adventure stakes new ground for the iconic characters and forces them to do the unthinkable, work together to save the day. Now, personally, I always enjoyed some of the... uh, There was a Tom and Jerry uh, television series where they were friends and had adventures together that I kind of liked that. Because to me, Jerry was always kind of the villain because I like cats better than mice, although I have had a pet mouse. But Jerry is usually doing what a mouse does when he's, he's a household pest, let's face it. He's a household pest. So I was kind of rooting for the cat to get rid of the household pests most of the time. Jerry was the villain. Send me the emails now. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, well <laughs> Tomcat, in the beginning, 
would pick on Jerry, even though that's his job in the sense that he used the cat to hunt yeah. down the mouse. But they usually made it to where Tom was kind of the creep and Jerry wasn't. But eventually, it became, they did eventually kind of run out of things to do and they became friends. Yeah. Uh, so, let's see here. But, so, oh, but I. Michael Pena is in this movie. Can I just say that? Michael Pena, I hope he gets to tell a story. <laughs> yeah. Okay, for those who remember Michael Pena from the Ant Man films, he's hilarious. Yes, I love him. Yes, love him. Chloe Grace Moretz, uh, Rob Delaney, Cullen Jost, uh, and Ken Jeong from Crazy Rich Asians, The Hangover, Transformers, Dark of the Moon. Didn't, isn't he in that TV show? Didn't Kennedy. he have a TV show where it's like a doctor? Oh, yeah, Dr. Ken. Yeah, I, I, so I don't watch much TV. So I don't think I've actually watched him really in anything except for cameos. I think I've seen it pop up, but Dennis, he, he, he was a pretty. He was a, a, a regular character on uh, Community as well. Ah, see, I, I haven't watched all of Community. I think I've watched some of it. Well, you know, as long as this movie doesn't have Richard Kind voicing Tom, I, I'm going to give it a try. <laughs> right. They need to be silent characters. It's a cat and a mouse. <laughs> but I will say, I saw this, and I saw Chloe Grace Moretz's character, and I couldn't help but think of Piper Perabo mm-hmm. in The Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yes. Almost the exact same look. Exactly. Which is why I was definitely thinking Bullwinkle and Rocky when I watched it. <laughs> but I, one thing I do want to hear, Tom has to have at least a little bit of voicing of doing his iconic scream. Yes. Yes. Ah! Who did that? Do you remember who did that? Nope. Well, that was, was Bill, Bill Hannon. Bill Hannon did Hanna. that. Yes. All, all the, the voices of Tom was William Hanna. Nice. Yeah. That is that was awesome. Him. Yep. Alrighty. I didn't know if you did or not. I, not. I may have heard that once before. You've got a book about all this, though, don't you? You're probably looking at it right now. I own just about every episode ever made. Now, let me ask, who do you say was directing this? Tim Story? I've already closed the page that I was looking at. I thought you said that. Let me, let me see something about him real quick. If if, it, if he is who I think he is, uh, Tim Story. Um, uh, he's done a Fantastic Four movie. Oh, I was going to say... No. Uh, he did the two fantastic, uh, the two of them that I liked. Which, uh, by the way, are on Disney Plus. I did say the first one's on Disney Plus. Yeah, they are. He did the Fantastic Four films that I enjoyed, and uh, so I like him. And I, I read a lot of stuff that he said before that I really enjoyed. So, if if the films I've seen that he did that I appreciated, I, that kind of gives me hope because one thing I like about him is he tries to take the fun parts of comic books and cartoons and things and put it out in a film version. So yeah. hopefully Tim does that also with Tom and Jerry uh, the best that he could, you know? I mean, it is, after all, Tom and Jerry. Yeah. Uh, and this I'll also say, a lot of times people used to talk about Tom and Jerry and they'd find a lot of negative things about it. But I don't know. Tom and Jerry's a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I find fun mm-hmm. about them. So, you know, I think they're fun anyway. Yeah. So hopefully this movie <laughs> is going to be a lot of fun. For everybody. So, uh, other things I want to mention that have had trailers within the last couple of weeks. Uh, so, WW84, Nolan's Wonder Woman 84, they have yeah. announced that there will be a Christmas release to theaters and also onto HBO Max. I want to go to a theater and see it, because I, I haven't gotten to go to a movie theater since we went to go see Bill and Ted in a drive-in. Let's go see it, buddy. You and me. We gotta go. Because <laughs> I've been looking forward to this movie. It's been, like, delayed for a year, I swear. 
And yeah. I, I want to make sure movie theaters do not go away. So Same I'm here. going to a theater. Yeah, good. And yeah, I've my, been to a movie theater local... on Christmas Day to see a Batman Mask of the Phantasm. I will go on Christmas Day if I have to. Yeah, I've, uh, it, it's actually a Thanksgiving tradition for my family to go to a theater. Um, unfortunately, the theater that is three miles away from my new house has closed. Um, this day may be reopening coming up uh, after the first of the new year, but I'm holding out hope that maybe they'll open up Christmas Day and show uh, Wonder Woman. Yeah. yeah. Well, I remember like on Thanksgiving, I, I don't know how often we used to go to a movie, but I remember we went to go see Oliver and Company one year on Thanksgiving mm-hmm. with a bunch of my relatives. That was fun. Well, ah, memories. We, we know that Christmas time is when most people know that it's a wonderful life. So hopefully this year people come with a Wonder Woman life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although uh, a lot of me, I got to have a little bit of soul because soul will be on Disney Plus on Christmas Day. That's right. Which is, I'm I'm excited, but I'm also disappointed because I wanted to go to the theater to see that one too. Me yeah. too. That movie looks great. Which, uh, by the way, I did see on Disney Plus. There's a what is it called? Inside Pixar. There and there are a bunch of little short yes. docu shorts. I mm-hmm. skipped over. I watched one of them today. Uh, I watched one with Dan Scanlon on Onward, but I saw one also where he talked about a pivotal scene in Soul, and I didn't want to watch it because I didn't want to ruin anything. <laughs> so mm. I, I would be careful. Anybody who watches those that they're, I, I, they would be careful not to want to spoil anything from Soul, but yeah, be careful of that well, that first one because I'm not going to watch it because I was afraid to spoil it. But Soul coming out on Christmas, I've been excited about, about that one because that looks just a lot of fun. Seems to have a really good message of how life is worth living, uh, mm-hmm. and which is a good message, flat out. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot more to it than that, but I, I like that theme. Amen. Plus music, you know, come on. <laughs> <laughs> also, we've got to see the a second trailer for the Max Snyder cut of Justice League, which honestly, how is it going to have gotten any better just because Max Snyder made a cut of it? Really, people, come on. Granted, I've heard there's some deleted scenes put back in, but I'm sorry, I'm not I'm not a huge Max Snyder fan. Uh, Zach, Zach Snyder. Zack Snyder. I wrote Max Snyder down in my notes. I can't believe I did that. Zack Snyder. Yes. Wow. I am not oh. a Zack Snyder fan though, so I'm like, why is it going to be any better? Well, I always call him Hack Snyder myself, but <laughs> that being said, uh, I am going to watch it when I get a chance. I'm going to watch it, and I'm actually going to. And this is coming from me, not a fan of his. I'm going to watch it with an open mind. Because I try to do that. Yeah. And I'm going to put it with an open mind and say, well, you know, give him a chance and not watch it with, with uh, any snide mark. Uh, and, but I'm still going <laughs> to, I didn't mean like that, but I'm going to be really <laughs> kind. I, I seriously don't like it much, but I'm still going to watch it and try because who knows. Yeah. Now, I will say this, though, too. Here he's getting a chance to make another. This doesn't mean it was going to be the same film he was going to make. This is just a film he's making now. Yeah. He's, I mean, really. Well, if you do happen to get an HBO Max account to watch this, let me know, because I want to watch that reunion of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I saw a trailer for that this week. It's an HBO Max exclusive as well. Because this Justice League, this is this is going to be a, an HBO Max thing. But so, of course, the Fresh Prince. So if you get an HBO Max account to watch Justice League, we got to watch this Fresh Prince reunion, because I was excited I, for that one. I need to do it just to watch those things with you. Yeah. So. Plus, you can watch the Wonder Woman 84 with HBO Max as well, so... Well, we'll see. We'll see we'll what see. Do we do. I think you can even watch Sesame Street on HBO Max now. <laughs> Plus, wasn't there... Oh, yeah, the new Tiny Tiny Toons, uh, Tiny University is going to be an HBO Max exclusive. So, 
Yeah, I, Warner Brothers is going to move all their other stuff that isn't DC, I guess, over. Well, except for they're getting some DC stuff because they already have their DC channel. But Warner Brothers is putting everything on an HBO channel apparently now, too. So, it, In my opinion, if it were me, and I, I, if I was Warner Brothers, I would get together with someone like HBO like that. And I'd combine it all well, together. Well, they own it. Yeah, I would, I'd put it all together. Yeah. It's just me. One big channel, kind of like Disney+. Plus. Exactly. That's to me. That's wisdom. But it could be like, oh, more money here and money there. Yeah, I was just gonna say it would help if they made it a little bit more budget friendly. Right. That's exactly right, brother. Indeedy, indeedy. All right. Well, moving on from that, uh, we need to have a virtual trip into Walt Disney World. So, all right, Eric, take us there. You got to go to Walt Disney World here. a few times, mainly over the summer, but uh, in a slightly more recent trip, you got to go and do some fun things over in the Hollywood. Yes. Yeah. Well, Disney's and, Hollywood and Studio, honest, I guess it is it, still, isn't it? Yes, yes. It, it, and I'll be honest, it has been difficult to uh, get into Hollywood Studios. You know, that is the park with the three newest rides in the resort. Um, it's been tough. Uh, uh, I know I've mentioned it previously on the show, but uh, for right now, uh, in order to enter any Disney park, you must have a reservation. You mm-hmm. can't just have a ticket. You've got to have a reservation to go alongside that ticket. And for annual pass holders, we are limited to three reservations in advance. So um, if, if I want to go, I need to be able to say I'm planning on going to uh, Disney Hollywood Studios on this day. And uh, to be honest, I've had to uh, cancel those trips a couple of times because uh the way that I travel, it's very last minute. It's yeah. very um, availability driven, and there are sometimes I've just had to uncheck that box and say I'm not going to be able to make it. But this time I did. We went in mid October, um, just a, a real quick two day trip out to Florida, um, and our first day was at Disney Hollywood Studios. Um, I have a quick question about the reservation system. When you mentioned like doing yeah. the three reservations, that means you can. Uh, I was for for a second. I was afraid it was going to be like three people reservation. You can reserve oh. three people, but does that mean like three different parks per day or whatever? Or I mean, well, as of right work? now, you can only visit one park per day. Ooh. So uh, the reservations that you make, you can say, "I want to go to Hollywood Studios on November 26th. I want to go to Magic Kingdom on November 27th, and I want to go to Animal Kingdom on November 28th." You'll okay. notice I didn't say Epcot because that's a fourth park and I can't get a fourth day. So you have to definitely do like three at a time. Wow. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and then with Hollywood Studios being the most popular of the parks, um, the availability to go to Hollywood Studios is uh, not quite as great as it is for the other parks. Wow. Who does so thought the Hollywood, does... the Hollywood Studios would suddenly become the most, the most popular park? Because you would think the Magic Kingdom would be the number one. Oh, and, and Magic Kingdom, I believe, is number two when it comes to popularity yeah. right now. But again, uh, they've got the three biggest attractions right now in Hollywood Studios. Uh, they have uh, their entire Toy Story Land, which opened up last year. Right. Uh, the, or actually a year and a half. Uh, yeah, last year, actually. Uh, then they have uh, Galaxy's Edge Batuu, which opened last year. So there's another two rides. And then they opened up Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway back in March, just mm-hmm. a week, a week and a half or so before they had to close down due to the worldwide pandemic. Yeah. 
So um, one good thing that's on the horizon is Disney announced this last week, or well, two weeks ago now at the time of this recording, um, that park hopping will come back and will be available as of the 1st of January, 2021. Yay! So the, the benefit there is, you know, you still cannot state in advance which park you'd like to park hop to, but if uh, I were to go to Animal Kingdom, uh, and that's my reservation day on January 4th, and I do everything in Animal Kingdom, I ride Flight of Passage five times, <laughs> I go on Everest seven times, and at two o'clock, I can now go back into the My Disney Experience app and see if any of the other three resorts are available and accepting park hopping at that time. And I can sign up for it at 2 o'clock and then go there for the rest of my afternoon or evening. That'll be a nice return to some sort of normalcy. <laughs> it certainly will. Yes. Uh, it's, yeah, I, I'm, I'm the first to admit, I love Animal Kingdom. I love Epcot. But I have a hard time spending my whole day in either of those parks. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. Although I wish I'd have spent more time in Epcot because I didn't get a chance to do everything when I was there. Oh, yes. So And, uh, and, and maybe we can share my Epcot experience uh, this last trip for another conversation since we are running a, a bit long on this. To Disney and beyond. All right, well, I will dive right into uh, my experience at Hollywood Studios. Uh, you are able to park at the resorts about uh, a half hour before the park officially opens. Uh, you go through security, you can go through the turnstiles. There's nothing that's formally open. However, because Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is the newest ride at that park, uh, as soon as the gates opened up, they were allowing people to get into the queue for that ride, and they actually were running the ride ahead of their, uh, I believe, 9 a.m., no, 10 a.m. Uh, opening time that day. Um, we were actually in the queue when uh, the opportunity to do a boarding group for Rise of Resistance came up. Unfortunately, we were not able to get that. Uh. But we were still on track to get onto Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Um, uh, I think I've mentioned it before. When you're in the parks, you do need to keep your masks on. Mm -hmm. uh, even if you're standing in line and moving, you cannot take it down to take a sip. Uh, well, you can t just to take a sip of water or to eat a snack, but you can't be doing it for too long. You've got to be uh, stationary when you do that. Um, for the most part, they were doing good on uh, making sure people had their masks on. Uh, there was one um, Karen-type individual in the line that... Uh, was asserting her right to not to wear a mask, which uh, was concerning. But um, you know what? That has nothing to do with the ride in and of itself. Right. <laughs> uh, the queue line was advertised as an hour and 22 minutes when we Ooh. entered it. Um, we uh, wound our way through the uh, courtyard of the Chinese Theater, where, of course, they've got handprints from all sorts of celebrities who have done Disney-related things. Um, we wander back out into the main uh, area, uh, and I'll tell you, they've got that figured out. If you know Disney, they know how to hide their cues very well. Oh, yeah. For, fortunately, it was not an hour and 20 minute wait for us. It worked out closer to about 40 minutes. Nice. Um, <laughs> now, I never got to ride the great movie ride, so I don't know oh, what yeah. in the lobby area or the initial area is the same or not. Uh, they have movie posters set up from all of these new Mickey shorts like Yodelberg. 
uh, the one that takes place on the Matterhorn. Yeah, um, that's my favorite. You've got <laughs> you've got you know several of those uh, movie poster type signs up throughout that entry. Uh, you do come to a place where you're invited to go into a small screening room. Uh, when you when they're not operating in uh, pandemic mode, this screening room is actually your um, pre-show for the ride, where it explains that you're getting onto a train, that Goofy is operating it, and that Mickey and Minnie are nearby, although they're not particularly riding the train. Who would uh, with Goofy riding the train? You better stay off that train. Well, you know, <laughs> here's the thing. Goofy causes an explosion that then opens up this hole in the screening room right underneath the screen that you walk through to board the train. I love it. So as you uh, as you board the train, um, Goofy's there. He's he, he's uh, moving along. He tells you, hey, we're going to go to this park. And you see Mickey and Minnie drive up in full 3D right next to you into their car. And they say, hey, we're going to meet you in the park. However their car hits a railroad switch, which sends Goofy <laughs> off one track and your railroad cars down a separate track. Uh-oh. Uh, you get into the park, but you suddenly start going to all sorts of different destinations. Uh, there's one point where you end up under the sea. There is one point where you end up in Daisy's Dance Studio. There's one point you end up in the Wild West. You end up at a carnival. Um, and... The, the, the ride itself, while you've got these uh, cars, which are not on rails, uh, they are free-moving throughout the attraction. Wow. Um, but they're also using projection technology all 360 degrees around you. So any way you look, there's something happening uh, around you. There are at least two storylines. One storyline that follows Mickey and Minnie as they try to help get your car Put back with the train. There's also a story following Pluto, who is trying to receive a picnic basket full of food items uh, <laughs> that Mickey and Minnie lost along the way. <laughs> so, you know, if you're looking, you know, with one eye pointed to the right and another eye pointed to the left, you know, maybe you might be able to see both <laughs> storylines going on at the same time. Although you're going to be really odd looking. Oh, yes. <laughs> but it is a very immersive ride because you have this full 360 degree view around you at all times, and there is activity going on all throughout. It's really a wonderful use of the projection technology that Disney has been developing over the last few years. Um, you eventually, you know, Mickey and Minnie finally save the day. You end up in the park, you rejoin with Goofy, and uh, you are able to, to, to finally exit the ride. And again, it, it, it's a cute ride. This is the first ride featuring Mickey Mouse and Minnie. Yeah. You know, there have been other attractions like, um, you know, Mickey's Philhar Magic, but mm -hmm. that's a show. It is not a ride. So, right. it's a, you know, it, it is a first and it's kind of surprising that it has taken uh, 65 years for a Mickey ride to be to appear in one of the parks. Yeah, I've been saying this for years. In fact, the in the great movie ride, they had a section uh, with that. He was in there doing the uh, Fantasia. Mm -hmm. You know, as far as and, Mickey, yeah, and they had that. And I remember saying to my dad before when we were in, we took that ride, I only God knows how many times we were in that ride together. Uh, but I said, you know, I never understood why they can't give Mickey his own ride, uh, and I mean the Mickey characters, you know, all of them, mm -hmm. their own ride. And he said, well, son, he goes, I never understood it either, but it's only a matter of time. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that is true. Now, this is not the only Mickey Mouse attraction that has opened up at uh, Hollywood Studios. There is also a movie done in the same style as these shorts. It's actually more of a clip show of these shorts. Uh, we huh. did not have an opportunity to go in and see that, but it is sort of set up as a sequel to the ride. So very oh. interesting. Yeah. But all in all, it, it is a fun ride. There's a lot to see. It's worth going on it more than once. Um, and and again, it, it, it's cute. It's in this Paul Rudish style that uh, you know these new Mickey shorts have been released in, and it's you know it, it's cute and it's got a lot of lot of fun surprises in it. Oh, 
before we get a chance is that with the mcdonald's thing they got the runaway railway attraction or, or mm-hmm. like toys i i'm hoping to win there there's a there's a well, contest to win four passes to go to walt disney world or a trip for four to walt disney world so mm-hmm. i i plan to fix my not going through epcot enough and also i want to check this thing out i loved the great movie <laughs> ride but i definitely want to check out this new technology and this new ride looks really yeah, cool. but- my only regret is, again, I never got to ride the Great Movie Ride. But there is a, there are a number of tributes to the Great Movie Ride inside it. Nice. I didn't catch all of them, but there was one that I did see. In the carnival area, there is a uh, roller coaster in the background that you can see. And uh, near the entry line, or the entry queue for this uh, roller coaster, there is a movie poster that says, The Great Moving Line. <laughs> hey. So also, definitely. To you, Eric, um, I was going to say, one of the great things on YouTube, they do have, now I know it's not quite the same as being on the ride, but there are a lot of, uh, of videos that people have taken of that ride. Mm-hmm. So at least it gives you a hint. You were talking about a while ago about being online and all that. You don't know what it was like before. One of the things in line before is they had a display. They had Dorothy's shoes and a few yeah. other few other things that they had in line. I uh, they had a Mary Poppins horse when did. I was there, too. They did. They had, uh, like, a hat, I think it was, and a few other things from different classic movies that are... Narnia items. I remember there was a Narnia item. Yes. There are a few things. That, some of them were in the ride, and some were just really great parts of good, really good movies. Yeah. See, like the Star Wars thing, if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember what it was, though. Well, I know there was part of the ride that had Star Wars, so I don't remember seeing a prop from Star Wars, though, in the, uh, the main queue. But I know they had a great little Star Wars thing, uh, uh, like during the when they were showing the bits of uh, like all the different movies through the years. At the very like the finale had a section for Star Wars. It was really cool. One of my favorite things the whole movie uh, movie ride was uh, where they had uh, oh Indiana Jones and Sala mm. bringing up that Ark of the Covenant. Man, yeah. I would have a oh that was so great. Uh, yeah, really. they recreated a lot of great scenes. Even Singing in the Rain, Wizard well, yeah, of Oz. They, yeah. Like Gene Kelly. That yeah. Was it was well, a great had, ride. Remember that scene from Alien? That they yes, had? that was so cool. Speaking of R-rated movies. Continuing <laughs> <laughs> the theme. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it was right there inside on the great movie ride. You did have a, oh, yeah. a little alien scene where they had Sigourney Weaver out there with a gun and alarms going off and aliens drop out of the ceiling. <laughs> That that was great. That one mm-hmm. alien kick. That was great. A great. Oh scene. yeah, that was <laughs> creepy as heck, man. It was pretty cool. When you took the ride, we we went on it quite a few times. Like I said, 
if you went on in one line, you would end up uh, having uh, an interruption where a gangster would come. Oh out. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you went on the other line, it was a cowboy, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're either in the yeah. west or you're in a, in a gangster or whatever the person came along. I think I ended up having a gangster when I went. I never got to see the cowboy. I had both. <laughs> awesome. Ah, great. Yeah. It was fun. Well, uh, and, you know, hopefully, maybe if, uh, I don't know if you've heard of uh, Defunct Land. It is mm-hmm. a, a series of videos on YouTube, but he's also working to create a virtual theme park of uh, extinct attractions. So, uh, hopefully, that can be part of Defunct Land as well. And uh, yeah. I'll get a better experience beyond uh, the, the videos that are available on YouTube of the Great Movie Ride. I need to catch up on my Defunct Land viewing. <laughs> He's always got but, stuff. However, that does take me to my fourth visit to Batu. Woohoo! Woohoo! And you are officially a Jedi now, or did you join the Sith? Well, <laughs> perhaps we should explain a little bit further. <laughs> on Batu, on Batu, there is a junk trader shop. It's called Savi's, and there they collect junk metal, or scrap metal rather, throughout the galaxy. What they are not advertising, because they do not want the First Order to know, is that this scrap metal is being used to build the weapon of mm-hmm. the Sith and the Jedi, lightsabers. Nice. Now this experience comes at a cost of 200 Spira. Now that is the uh, credit that is used on Batu. That's their form of currency. Fortunately, it also accepts Disney gift cards. Nice. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> <The> scrapper. <laughs> That's correct. So for the cost of 200 Spira, or dollars as it may be, you have the opportunity to build a lightsaber. Now, as you, uh, it, it is highly recommended that you make a reservation to go to Save. So you can make these reservations up to 60 days in advance. Uh, the caveat there is that you also have to put, uh, provide them with a credit card, uh, which they will charge, or they may charge the $200 to. You know, if you get there and uh, you have a different form of payment you wish to use, not a problem. Nice. Again, you can use... Uh, so a different credit card, you can use gift cards if you have cash, whatever. But they do ask for your credit card on the reservation because if you do not show up, guess what happens? They charge you anyway? Yes. Ooh. So... There's a bounty on your head, right? <laughs> I guess <Exactly>. so. <laughs> well, you get if, that tracking pop. If That's in your it. case to where you're, 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 something happens where you're not able to travel down, though, can you cancel before... And then not yes. get charged? Okay. Yes, you can cancel twenty-four hours or up to twenty-four hours in advance. Okay. So that so, could have gone really badly if you didn't get a chance to actually get there. Exactly, which again is part of the reason. Uh, what I did is I, you know, because of my circumstances, I'm not able to, you know, I, I'm not going to know for sure if I'm going to be there or not. So I don't want to put my family in that position where you know it, we could be out that money. Yeah. Uh, so they do have standby available. However, it is not guaranteed. Mm. In my case, uh, the last time we went back in March, I had uh, asked if standby was available. They took a look at their records and they said, "We, you know, you're welcome to come back and ask, but for right now, we don't have any standby available." Uh, now, post COVID, um, they have limited the number of participants who can go in, and 
experience this. Uh, so they're only taking half of the people in that they normally would. So reservation space is still extremely limited. Happily for me, however, they did have standby options available. Uh, we uh, got there close to 10 o'clock, I believe. Um, we said, hey, uh, do you, is there possible any way that I could buy some scrap metal today uh, on standby? And they said, well, let us double check. Ah, uh, yes, we may have an opening for scrap metal at some point today. Let me get the numbers for your communication device and we will send you a communication message when we know you'll, that we'll be able to accommodate you. So I gave them my cell phone. Uh, they sent me a quick text just to confirm that, yes, they had the right phone number, which they did. And uh, me and my kids, we got in line for Smuggler's Run and uh, went off and helped Hondo Onaka, you know, yeah. with his legitimate business uh, dealings. In it is legitimate. Some... <laughs> I saw it. I saw the whole thing. Exactly. He reached up with his dead hand and signed it in his own blood. And he did it <laughs> with just like Saber. <laughs> Now, unfortunately, the pilots that we had for this uh, experience with Hondo and Chewbacca, um, let's just say mm, mm, the pilots of uh, the Falcon on this trip, uh, Han Solo has absolutely nothing to worry about, <laughs> except for his air, except for the Falcon coming back in one piece. That is the risk. Uh, are you not with them? Yeah, <laughs> this is true. Yes. So, now, uh, gunner, who are you I related to, to these pilots? Uh, yes, they happen to be younglings of mine. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> what a blessing. What a great one, one of them could barely reach the, the lever to uh, take us into hyperspace. Ah. <laughs> it's tremendous. What great memories. Yes. <laughs> yes, I, I'm the dad. I, will, I allowed the sacrifice on my part so that they could have the experience. Yes. Yeah, that's the ticket. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we st after after riding we uh, stopped and all what were we doing I think we oh yes uh, we got some blue milk ah there you gotta go gotta have some blue bantha milk yeah and uh, we we decided to start making our way over to the new Toy Story Land but as we were walking out we saw that there was a um, that they were taking photos that there was a photo pass person there and we were able to take a few photos of us uh, with our hands pointed forward as though we were using the force with uh, uh, with the spires behind us then they asked us to stand up next to a wall and with a separation of about a, a yard in between uh, in between us so there was me and my oldest on the on one side and my two youngest on the other side and when we got our photo pass back some jedi magic had happened there was a floating pram along with a small child inside of it. Oh, cool! A small green child. That's awesome! Oh, that's grand. So as we finished up with that, I then got the message that said, hey, please come over to uh, Savi's. We have an opening. So I was able to go over. I uh, traded in my gift cards. Uh, and they gave, then advised me that I had a choice uh, four light lightsaber styles to choose from. There was Peace and Justice. Um, I think probably the one that looks most familiar would be something similar to what Obi-Wan had carried. They had one based on power and control, and these were this was a style that would um, gravitate more towards the Sith. 
They had elemental nature in which the uh, pieces were uh, made from like a rancor's tooth or from a space whale. And then there also had a uh, type called protection and defense, which appears to be uh, more in line with the style of the High Republic that we're going to be learning more about here within the next year with uh, gold elements into it. Well, I uh, love the original trilogy. I love uh, everything about uh, Obi-Wan's. And I do want to add a caveat. If you do want to buy one of the classic lightsabers, if you want to buy Obi-Wan's or Darth Vader's or um, you know even Ahsoka's or any that we have seen in the films, those are available as, as a separate purchase. Uh, and you, uh, I think they range from about $150 to $175. They don't come with the Sabi's experience, but you do have the opportunity to purchase those lightsabers if you wish. Uh, the thing about Sabi's is you get to custom build your own lightsaber based upon one of these four types. One of the cool things about this is, uh, I know, Jeremy, you've been playing Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, it's been a little while. I got stuck on that bat boss, and I, I went off to play something else. <laughs> well, one of the things that uh, you may know from playing that game is you can build your own lightsaber with yes, that game. Yes, you can customize it. Oh, yes. Guess what they use for those pieces. Actual pieces on Batuu type of things? Exactly. Sweet! Now, that, that saber is a little bit different because uh, you do have a... Uh, dual blade on it, so yeah, yeah. Um, it, it has two emitters on it, but um, again, they give you the opportunity to select which of these four styles that you want. They then give you a pin that's equal to the style that you get. My pin, it's actually got uh, gold and black on it, and it has the image of a lightsaber bolt on it. So already, there's one little extra benefit that you get when you buy these lightsabers, is you get a pin with it. The pin helps uh, the workers in Sabi's identify what type of lightsaber you want to build. Um, but again, it's a nice little collectible as well uh, with everything else that uh, is involved. So uh, is this like a, a, a wear, like a pin or a pin yeah. you write with? Like, a, But it's a pin you can wear? Yeah, it's a collectible pin. Like, know, a, like, cool. the, like the other pins that you get at the parks. Nice. You can collect and put on a, you know, collect and trade and, you know, whatever you'd like to do with it. Awesome. For some reason, I was thinking like a lightsaber pen would be fun to write with, but yeah, having a Disney pin would be awesome. I have a collectible lightsaber pen pen. Ah. <laughs> well, and and with these pins, there's one for each of the four saber types. Whoa. So again, mine relates directly to well, and I chose the peace and justice, so mine relates directly to the peace and justice. But there are different designs. There's one for the elemental nature. There's one for the power. And control, and there is one for the protection and defense. So again, it helps the workers identify what type of saber you're going to build. But again, it's also just a nice, cool collectible to have. Yeah. Uh, you then wait in a courtyard for about 15 minutes or so while the other participants uh, arrive and everyone checks in and pays for their saber. And then you're invited into Savi's workshop. You walk in, and it's dark. You know, there's still enough light to see you're uh, advised what station to take. And again, because uh, of social distancing with COVID, they have every other station available for you. And again, you can take one guest with you inside. Uh, in my case, it was my youngest. Uh, I needed an extra cameraman just in case. 
So uh, as you walk in, you're met by the collector. It's not Savi, but it's one of Savi's workers. And he explains that, uh, you know, while we can't talk about it outside, in here we can. This is a safe place to discuss what it is that we do here and what we uh, and how we do a, go about it. There's no worry about the First Order coming in here. And he explains that uh, Savi and all of his workers have been going throughout the galaxy, finding ancient battlefields, finding different places throughout the, the worlds, that they have been collecting scrap metal, which, they, which came from lightsabers and can be used to build new lightsabers. Nice. They then bring out the crystals. They bring out kyber crystals, and they explain that there are four kyber crystals that we can choose from. One, blue, the color of Obi-Wan's blade, the color of, Ob uh, of Anakin's blade. There is red, the color of Darth Vader, Darth Sidious, Darth Maul. There is green, an elemental, which was the color of Luke, Luke's lightsaber, and the color of Yoda's lightsaber. And then there is violet, the color of Mace Windu, a color that covers both the blue and the red and indicates balance. Hmm. They then bring around the crystals and they ask you to look in your mind, ignore everything going out there. What color calls to you? And you choose one of those four colors. I chose the violet. Something about that purple hue called to me. Now, I, like I said, I love the original trilogy and my Peace and Justice blade is in the style of uh, Luke's and Obi-Wan's sabers. But something about that purple just called to me. And so that's the one that I selected. They then brought out a tray, which has all of the pieces, and then some, for the saber that you are about to build. It is comprised of a chassis. In the chassis is where you place your kyber crystal. And once it's correctly installed, you hear it spark to life. Oh, cool. Cool. You then take a look at the other pieces that you have been given. They are comprised of four sleeve pieces, two emitter pieces, two pommel cap pieces, and four sleeves. What you do is you pick two of the uh, of the I said sleeves twice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, my, yeah. my brain here. Uh, two activator plates is what I should say. Mm. And uh, between the four, you choose two, which is what you're going to use whenever you're ready to activate your lightsaber. And they click on, and they go directly over the kyber crystal. From there, from the four sleeves you are given, you choose two. One to sit beneath the activator, and one that slides above the activator. You then select your, uh, the uh, emitter. This is where the blade is emanating from. You have two to choose from, so you choose the one you prefer. And then the same with the pommel, what goes on the very end of it. Uh, the pommels are set up so that uh, there is an additional belt uh, utility that you can purchase from which you can hang your unbladed lightsaber behind nice. as you are walking. With that, they take your lightsabers and they place them into a... I, how do, I, I'm trying to remember how it's referred to. They place it, there, there is a blade length um, covering, which is next to your station. 
and they place your lightsaber at the end of that covering. You are then told to switch on the activation plate. And as you switch it on, your lightsaber glows for the first time. The covers, which are translucent, fold into themselves. You may then lift your lightsaber, the emitter fully going. You then... Accidentally cut off your ear because you didn't know what you were doing. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But you then hear a voice of Jedi's past to explain the importance of what you have just accomplished. Hello. 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 Am I station number 10? All right. enemies. It is elegant and enigmatic. To build a lightsaber is an art. The saber is a reflection of its filler with the force flowing between them. And today, builders, you will feel that connection. (laughs) But there I go, battling on like a protocol droid. (laughs) 
Let's begin. We begin with perhaps the most important element of any lightsaber, the kyber crystal. Able to focus the energy of the force to magnify it. Some say the kyber crystal is the heart of the lightsaber. The color of the crystal determines the color of the lightsaber's plasma blade. Did you know that, Mason? I did. Good. Well, let's talk about the color, shall we? Take a look. Blue, like the one wielded by Obi-Wan Kenobi and his apprentice, Anakin Skywalker. And now legend has it, red. Green, Qui-Gon Jinn, Ahsoka Tano, Master Yoda himself, Luke Skywalker. Violet, rare and beautiful, like the one wielded by Jedi General Mace Windu. Red, it has been called the color of power, and is the crystal of Darth Maul, Asajj Ventress, Darth Vader, now Kylo Ren. These are stories of the past. We're here for you, the future, to look ahead. So now it is time for you to choose your kind of crystal, which will be the heart of your lightsaber. So right now, builders, do me a favor. I want you to clear your minds, forget about the outpost, the commotion out there. And now I want you to simply close your eyes and focus in your mind on the colors I say. Blue, green, violet, and red. And you will notice that one color shines brightest amongst all the other colors in your mind. That color calls to you. So now open your eyes and select your kyber crystal, which will be the heart of your lightsaber. Listen to it hum as it calls to you. Now after you've selected your kyber crystal, carefully place your kyber crystal on the green crystal holder at your station. We will now connect your kyber crystal to the lightsaber design you have selected. We will begin by building your lightsaber's hilt. Now that will be the foundation of your lightsaber, the center of your control, and the only thing keeping your hands from being disintegrated. You can always get new hands, but your original hands are always better. Now, it's time to lightsaber one on one, the anatomy of your lightsaber. Take a look at your boxes. To the far left, you will see what is called your lightsaber's chassis. To the far right, you will see your activation plates and your controls. In the center, you'll find four different types of grips or sleeves. Then you move on to your very powerful blade and minutes. And finally, your last line of defense, your pommel caps. Now, you will choose each piece to create your own unique lightsaber design. May the force guide you. It is now time for you to build. Welcome friends. My name is Morgan. It's a pleasure to help you with your build. We're going to start with the chassis. Go ahead and pick it up. We want to make sure these lines are pointing up. That'll be the top of your hill. Next, grab your kyber crystal. We're going to slide that crystal into the center chamber. Is your path right in place? It'll light up your color and you'll be able to spin the crystal on a wall and another Yeah, you're a little bit of 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 a little b
You're almost there. Do you mind if I adjust it? Yes, please. There we go. Thank you. Excellent work. Do you all see the blue and the red markers on your chassis? We're going to match those with the blue and red markers inside our activation plates in section 5. We're going to put red over red and blue over blue. Red over red. Oh. That's to see more of our videos. And click the bell. Uh, I'm just a little concerned that it does not seem to be lining up. What do you mean? 
So it doesn't necessarily need to be straight. Um, it all depends on the angle that you put it on as well. Okay. What color is the password? Blue, why did you choose blue? And then you're ready for an emitter to go on the top. Okay. And then a follow up to go on the bottom. I want to tell you about a blue fabric crystal. Your blue fabric crystal was probably carried by a Jedi. And it was considered blue fabric crystals, guardians, and So they would focus on lightsaber technique. They were the ones that went out front line soldiers to protect the force. Okay, do you like it with the gold accent? So, you choose that yeah, sure you that you can value. Congratulations, That looks better, yes. that one. I see you talking about your hilt. Very nice. This one. Very old hilt. Yeah, it's, uh, that predates the First Order, the Empire, and the Republic. Uh, what we do know about that hilt is that it's very old, but you see the gold highlights? Hold it up, let me see.
just time. Your journey. <laughs> Master Yoda. Yes, it is in the time. We are at the final stage. The bond between Builder and Saber is about to be forged. In a few moments, I will ask the Builders to step forward. Then, I will ask you to place your hands on your hilts. And on my command, and in tradition, you will activate as one. Builders, are you ready? Yes. Please step forward. Place your hands on your hilts and activate. Builders, please raise your lightsabers high. You have built a lightsaber like the Jedi and Sith that came before you. Like them, you can change the galaxy. Remember, it only takes a spark. Now please, deactivate your lightsaber. Complete your lightsaber. I do what it can, but you it cannot. Your journey, you both begin. May the force be with you. Thank you, Master Yoda. Builders, in your hands, you hold remarkable power. And remarkable power should not be dropped on the ground. So, to help protect your new lightsaber, we're pleased to present you with the saber sheet. In a few moments, I will dismiss you one station at a time to collect your sheet and celebrate your accomplishments. Because our time here is at an end. But your journey is just beginning. It is time for you to make your mark on the galaxy. And remember, you are just as unique and extraordinary as the lightsaber you have built. And who knows, maybe next time, we'll be telling your story. Hold up your lightsabers and activate. Well done, builders. Please collect your cargo. I will dismiss you one station at a time. All right, stand by. I will dismiss this crew. With a final farewell, the collector invites you to exit the shop and you receive a sheath for your lightsaber, which is very convenient when you're spending the rest of your day walking around Hollywood sure. Studios <laughs> or when you are boarding a flight. Right. But I'll tell you, when you have that opportunity and it clicks on, it is... An indescribable experience. It is... This is something that I have wanted to do since I was a very young child. Yeah. And while there are lightsaber toys that you can purchase and there are lightsaber replicas that you can purchase, this is something that you have built with your own hands. Something that has a story to go along with it. And that's part of why it is worth what it costs yeah. to purchase one of these. Yeah. It is um, it is a wonderful experience. There are people who brings them to tears as they participate in this. Mm. Um, the blade itself, you are able to remove it from the hilt. There is an additional sound that comes as you do that. <laughs> um, you can hear it spark if you don't have the hilt in uh or if you don't have the blade attached to the hill. Oh, neat. <laughs> and if you need to replace the batteries, they are easily accessible, though you do need to know how to get them out. 
<laughs> but uh, it, it is, uh, it's an amazing experience. After uh, we built this, we met up with my other two children who had been in Star Wars or in Toy Story Land. Um, we went over to the uh, Star Wars launch bay, which is on the other side of the park. Mm-hmm. Incidentally, we ran into one Mr. Adam the Woo there. Oh, nice. Uh, and said hello. And he said, hey, you really need to check this place out. They have got a speeder inside that was used in the films. Mm. thought, I can't beat that. Yeah. But it was there that I first really had an opportunity to take my lightsaber out of the sheath, to light it up, and to listen to my kids go, oh, can I do that now? <laughs> <laughs> Again, it, it, it was an incredible experience. Um, we're going to share it with, uh, with everyone on the show, but I would also like to invite everybody to go to my YouTube channel titled The Magic Skyway. Uh, to get a view of this uh, experience. Um, yes, I did have an eight-year-old cameraman assisting me, so <laughs> there's uh, a little bit of some, you know, interesting camera moves involved with it. But, uh, it really is a fantastic experience. And um, to be honest, I'm going to see if I can get another $200 in gift cards to, to do it again, because it really is uh, an amazing experience. Yeah, and I, I got to rank it above, like uh, in the Harry Potter, Wizarding World of Harry Potter, they do have kind of a yes. show with a, the wand, but one person just kind of gets randomly selected, and it will be a child who gets to participate in the the wand picking them. Right. This being, if you have enough money, this anybody can have. You get to experience this. You're not randomly chosen, or you have to be a kid or anything. This is $200, build a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. And, and again, um, if you want to get you know one of these professional-looking lightsabers at the parks, and you know you don't have quite the two hundred, they do have the legacy lightsabers, which are available. Right. Uh, and again, those run from one hundred and fifty to one hundred and seventy-five dollars. Um, and there's a line to wait for those as well, <laughs> of course honestly. There is. But um, you know they they work on the exact same thing. Another great thing about uh, Batu is. Yes, this uh, experience gives you the option to choose one of four different colored kyber crystals. And the kyber crystals do a few other things aside from just light up and, uh, and give it some sound. But you can also buy all four colors along with white and yellow mm-hmm. there as well. So if you want to change the color of this lightsaber, uh, you do have the opportunity to buy one of those other colored kyber crystals and do that. They're... Um, See, I'm trying to remember. I've heard if, that there's like a, actually even a black kyber crystal that's kind of randomly you get lucky you happen to get one. Right. I don't know and how that works. But. And there's even different varieties because these kyber crystals also work with holocrons that you can buy there. Oh, neat. Jedi and Sith holocrons. And when you use the uh, kyber crystals with those holocrons, you'll get a different voice. Mm. So using a blue one, you may get uh, Obi-Wan. Using a gray one, you may get uh, Yoda or Luke. Using a red one, you may get Darth Vader, Darth Sidious, cool. Count Dooku. Uh, the, there are different possibilities there. Um, so, uh, you know, years ago, and, and they still have this available, there is, you can build a toy lightsaber there. You can, you know, get the chassis and put sheaths on it and uh, emitters and choose the blade. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, it immerses you in the experience. It makes yeah. you a part of the Star Wars story. Someday, Abu. Someday. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I, I do have to say, again, I, I, I was very uh, fortunate to be able to use gift cards for this. Um, several of my family members uh, were able to help me out with birthday gifts and Christmas gifts. And, you know, Ooh. my uh, employer also has a benefit program where you can, you know, redeem points for gift cards. And that's where I've been able to be able to do this as well as uh, build my R2 droid on my first visit to Batu. Nice. Um, so uh, I, I've real, I've, uh, I'll admit, it's, they're not cheap, and these are yeah. not cheap experiences. Um, but they, they, they definitely bring you and make you a part of the story. Yeah. So it totally would be worth it. Sure. Uh, but I see we are kind of running a little long, so we probably better wrap this up. So... Yeah, thanks for sharing everything, because it's definitely something I'm looking forward to doing one day, is i got to make me a lightsaber. Oh, yeah. Uh, especially after, you know, I, I spent a little bit of time, I kind of, I didn't really have time to keep up with it, but like Saber Guild, where you, we kind of learned uh, cinematography style lightsaber mm-hmm. dueling a little bit. Uh, that And that was a fun experience, and I did have to look into, you know, I needed to probably, probably find myself a combat-ready style lightsaber to where it could, was durable enough to clang with somebody else's. Uh, mm-hmm. Never did get around to buying those, but there are some really neat things that you can buy online, oh, yeah. but it still just not match the experience of being in that store and building it. And and not just building it, but you're choosing the yes. pieces that you want. Yes. Uh, and, you know, well, well, yeah, there's four different styles with, you know, two complete sets for each style. That's, you know, 16 different uh, sets that you can build. Is that right? Yeah. My goodness. But you know, it's it's it really is a wonderful experience that that you know ties into those nostalgic feelings that we have for Star Wars. Oh yes, and we have plenty of them. <laughs> we have all of the feelings. But anyways, we better wrap this up. So we will see everybody next time. Uh, it's kind of nice to have two weeks in a row that we've had a show, which means I might take a weekend off. <laughs> It used to be consistent every week, and now I'm getting kind of bi-weekly, and uh, COVID's kind of thrown everything for a loop. But uh, we'll see you next time here in Neverland. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official Lost Boy or Pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander! Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash NeverlandPodcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. 
Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, it's true. Neverland Podcast, we 